Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talking With Tech podcast. My name is Chris Bouguet, and I'm not here with my co-host, Rachel Madel. Uh, we have a great episode for you today. Uh, we wanted to let you know uh, what this episode is all about. This is a webinar we put together. Uh, right when we knew the pandemic was starting, uh, Mei Ling Chan reached out to Rachel and I, and we collaborated on putting together a webinar for people who we knew would be trapped in their homes or would be quarantined in their homes. And we wanted to come up with as many strategies and real practical uh, stuff that people could do to help promote the use of AAC and to become the best communication partner you could possibly be. And also give advice to clinicians who would be supporting families who would not necessarily be seeing people face-to-face -face maybe for some time. So uh, we put together this webinar. It is called An Hour-by-Hour -Hour Guide to Implementing AAC at Home. Uh, and you can follow along if you'd like. It's bit.ly slash AAC hour-by-hour. Uh, we have strongly felt and we continue to feel here at the podcast that the content should be free, hence why the webinar that we that we recorded is now a podcast episode that you're about to listen to. And we also felt like the slide deck that goes along with this webinar, you could follow along, and which is why we just provided the URL, bit.ly slash AAC hour by hour. We did say that if you wanted CEUs, then you would have to pay for those. And that is if you want to go and, and uh, sign up at exceptionaled.com, you can find this webinar and then you can uh, sign up. It's uh, $5 and you can answer the comprehension questions there and you can earn your CEUs. So the CEUs are something we have to charge for, but the uh, content is free and will always continue to be free. Note that we do have some bonus content, not for this particular webinar, but just in general over at our Patreon. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, I know that Rachel and I uh, and others have been working to collaborate about, okay, what other content can we put together to help people? And we also didn't want to just rush out and throw content at people. We wanted to make sure we what we were providing might really be practical and helpful. And that's what we're hoping this webinar does. So without further ado, enjoy an hour-by-hour -hour guide to implementing AAC at home. And again, that URL is bit.ly slash AAC hour-by-hour. Stay safe, everybody, and remember, we're all in this together. Hi, everybody. Oh, look at them all coming on in. I'm excited. Where do you see them coming in? I see participants. See the little, little participants? Oh, yeah. Oh, 10, yeah. Sorry. 18, 20. 20. Everyone's hopping on with us. Let's open the chat up. Hey guys, we definitely want you chatting it up, especially when we're doing social distancing here. I know I can use some human contact. So make sure that you go to the chat box and you just move your mouse around, find that, it kind of floats up, and then change that little drop-down arrow to all panelists and attendees so everybody can see what you're sharing. And why don't we start out with where's everybody from tonight? <laughs> I love how Chris added his, his to the chat as if he's not a panelist. <laughs> oh. All right, well, let's get this party started, shall we? We only have an hour, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, it does look like, I, also in the chat, could you put um, what your job title is? Some people have already done that by saying SLP, or maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're here as a parent. What's your role here today, um, and what hat are you wearing primarily? I love it. A lot of SLPs and AT and AAC specialists. Parent, I love it. Great, Megan. 
We're going to just talk to Megan because this is really <laughs> we're only talking to you, Megan. <laughs> cool. cool. Oh, FLP grad student. Love that, Sarah. All right. What I'm going to do is share my screen right now so that you can see the slide deck. And we'll talk a little bit about the, 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 how this was all designed. Uh, but the first thing that we went, wait a second, Rachel, is this the right presentation? I thought we were doing how to build a leprechaun trap. I thought that's what this course was. That's next, that's tomorrow. No, yeah, <laughs> you need to build the leprechaun trap tonight because they come tonight <laughs> so that it's, you said it. Wow. So that they, <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess it's not that. That's a whole different presentation. This presentation is an hour-by-hour -hour guide to implementing AAC at home. And while we vamp for a second, this is your moment where we explain that the, uh, how this all came about. There's the hyperlink, uh, bit.ly, AAC, hour by hour. There's the QR code. This is the digital handout. It is all built through Google Slides. We can add to it and fix it. And if you uh, make suggestions throughout the course of this webinar, we can go back and add to it. For instance, I'm going to put a link to all the different uh, leprechaun traps I've ever made. Um, got videos for all of them. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in that portion of this. <laughs> yes, I, I can't profess to be a great leprechaun trap maker because I've never actually caught a leprechaun, but still, all my schematics are out there. All my videos are, are out there on how to do that. So, Rachel, can you talk us through a little bit about um, how this all came about? Yeah. So, obviously, you know, we're all kind of stuck at home being quarantined, trying to figure out how we can support the clients that we work with. Um, some of you guys are parents and you're trying to figure out like, what am I going to do to help support my child? And so Chris and I frantically this weekend pulled together this presentation, really crowdsourcing a lot of resources. Um, so there's tons of links in here. Definitely, you know, this digital handout is so great that it's digital because there's just, you'll see as we go through the presentation, there's just a ton of links um, to great resources. But we wanted to really take a day and we wanted to show you how you could implement AAC from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., um, an entire day of AAC. So we're going to go through routines, activities, ideas, share tools and resources. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. It was really fun to put together, actually. It was. It was all day, Saturday and Sunday, putting this slide deck together and grabbing resources. But well worth it. I'm really uh, pleased how it turned out. I hope everyone else is as well. Okay, Rachel, I'm going to ask you to monitor the chat because when you're driving, it's, uh, I can't see it necessarily. I mean, I can. I can click on it, but yep, I'd rather you I got just... it. All right, cool. So last second here, chat-wise, did you all get the link? It's bit.ly, A-A-C, hour by hour. So make sure you have that and save it. Take a picture of it right now. Just Is everyone saying yes? Yeah, Chris, we got it. Yeah, good. Can we move on? We're right. sounding, yeah. Excellent. All right, here we go. If people come in late, we'll just post it, Mei-Ling. Uh, every once in a while, you just drop that in the chat, bit.ly, AAC, hour by hour. All right, this is a course for where you do, you can earn CEUs. Is that right, Mei-Ling? Again, another thumbs up there. <laughs> yes. So there is some uh, obligatory things we have to do to get out of the way. We have to tell you who we are, and we have to go through our disclosures. So, Rachel? I'm Rachel. I'm Rachel Madel. I am a speech-language pathologist and Chris's co-host on Talking With Tech, which is our podcast. Um, give us a, a, a yes if you're a podcast listener. I have some disclosures to go through. You can go to the next slide, Chris. Oh, wow. I'm loving this, this chat, guys. 
We've got a lot of listeners. So I'm the owner of a private practice in Los Angeles. I have a blog where we sell online resources and create videos, uh, video content, and lots of other content for parents and clinicians. I do receive advertising revenue from Talking With Tech, our podcast. I also receive income from Exceptional Ed, where we do CEU courses. Um, and then there are my non-financial disclosures. I'm a member of ASHA, uh, SIG-12, which is the AAC Special Interest Group, and a member of CASHA, which is California Speech and Hearing Association. And I do some app consulting. And I am Chris Bouguet. I am also a speech language pathologist. Um, the day job is actually my, my official job title that I get paid for as assistive technology specialist. But I like to think of myself as an inclusive design facilitator, um, putting the design before the technology. I was the author of an app called AT Eval to Go, put out with Smarty Ears. So I make some money when people download that app. Uh, I am, uh, it's now it's on, a, it's on the uh, hiatus, but I was the I was the host of the AT Tips Cast podcast, and I did re uh, receive revenue from uh, sponsors for that podcast. Uh, but that's on the back burner right now because I'm focusing my work with uh, Rachel doing the Talking with Tech podcast, where I have all the same disclosures that Rachel just said, uh, where we get sometimes we get sponsors and we get paid for them. I the same thing with Exceptional Ed. I am also the author of the new assistive tech, Make Learning Awesome for All, uh, which is published by the International Society for Technology and Education. So I make money on the sale of that book. And I'm also the co-author of the Practical and Fun Guide to Assistive Technology in Public Schools. So I make money when you buy that book too. That, that came out in 2010, so it's a little bit older. So all my disclosures are actually listed on uh, financial and non-financial. I don't think, and anything that we say here, we'll, we'll mention it if we have to disclose something throughout the course, but I don't think there's anything in this presentation that we really need to disclose. We're not selling any products here. We're all talking about how to design a day. And occasionally there will be a, a product or two that we might that mention, but we, are, we will mention specifically if we're getting sponsored by that particular company. So you can get my disclosures there as well. First things first, let's dive in here. So um, right now in the world, there is a lot of resources being shared. There are a lot of educators, speech language pathologists, assistive technology people, and others that are tr sharing resources and they are flying by at a, at a lightning pace. So our first advice to both parents and clinicians and anyone else that's participating right now is that you need to adopt some sort of digital curation tool. Uh, when you're on Facebook and this great thing just popped up, where are you saving that? When you're on Twitter and this great resource is shared, where are you saving that? When you're in this awesome webinar where there are all these resources are tagged, that, that URL that started out this, that, uh, just uh, five minutes ago, where are you saving that so that you can go find it later? We could do a whole webinar on each one of these different tools but our advice to you, kicking this, uh, this whole thing off, is to pick one, adopt it, learn it, spend some time there. Forget about AAC. Just, for, just learn how to curate resources off the web when you find digital tools. Rachel and I will each maybe share what we like to use. I will start off that I'm a Google Keep person. Uh, many years ago, I adopted Google Keep as my platform for, for keeping my own information. But I have also used Digo in the past. So both of those are sort of um, my go-to. What about you, Rachel? What do you use? I actually really like Evernote um, because I love that you can just, there's a Google Chrome extension where you can just clip something. Um, I also am a big fan of Google, so I use Google Keep as well. But I think that the, the key here is just finding something that, you, that works for you. 
right? Because there's a lot of stuff out there, but what works for you? What's the most efficient? What do you enjoy going to and looking at? Trello is another one that you could potentially use. Sometimes that's used for workflows, but it's also really great for stuff like this. So just find a system and stick with that system. All right. Second thing, second, is that we would suggest that families and you, it sounds like most people in the uh, participating in this webinar are consultants or coaches or someone who's going to be helping families. Um, we feel like once you adopted a digital curation tool, your next thing to do is actually, as a family, make a massive to-do list. I know in my own personal family, I have two children. That's what we did. We got together as like a unit and we said, what? kind of stuff do we want to get done in the next four, six, eight weeks, however long this, this uh, extended break lasts, let's not spend it just watching Netflix and then a week from now, all of us be frustrated with each other and let's have some specific goals that we want to accomplish. Very similar to having an IEP goal, what's our family goal for the next week, two, three weeks? So just some of them are Hey, did you know that it's um, uh, our sink is a mess? Underneath the sink is where we keep all of the plastic bags that get shoved in there, you know? Um, and uh, if you go look under the bathroom sinks, you know, there's all spilled all over everywhere. Can we just organize under the sinks? Or I think most families around the country are not that uh, atypical from mine in that uh, we probably have one or two junk drawers or you just kind of throw everything in there and that's where the, the needles and buttons and staplers and all the other stuff just goes and pens and that's the time to dump those out. And the, the idea here is to make sort of a list of just stuff you want to get done. Those are just some examples. Did you, Rachel, just, uh, did you have the same similar thought? I, I do and I have, I love to-do lists mostly because I get to check them off after they're done. But what's great about this is, you know, we're really going to try to teach you that language can be incorporated no matter what the activity. So all of these, these activities, you can start modeling on a device. You can pick some core words to target. It's really great because you can, you know, feel efficient, right? You're, you're cleaning out the junk drawer, but you can take things out. You can put things in. You can clean things off. There's all different types of language models that you can use for everyday activities. I also feel like the majority of these on this sample list, but again, what you're thinking through are not necessarily huge projects. It's like, we're gonna paint the whole house. Well, no, we're, we're probably not gonna paint the whole house. It's simple things that you can do. And even if you don't get them all done in a, let's say an hour chunk of time, you could break them up into small chunks. We, we're just gonna do one drawer today and that'll probably take us 15 minutes. Uh, we're going to um, dump out, it says clean cars, right? All right, we're just going to uh, wash the outside of the car when it gets warmer, or we're going to vacuum the car. That, that takes 10 minutes, but it doesn't mean you have to clean the entire car in that whole, whole span. These are meant to be broken up into chunks, thinking that many of the students and families that we'll be working with, an hour might be too long to be thinking about how to do everything. It might be having to think about smaller chunks. And then third things third, and then we'll get into kind of the schedule of the day is to have that family meeting that I was talking about. We're going to sit together and you're going to create that list together. This is not those one of those things where mom sits down, mom makes the list and then says, all right, family, this is what we're doing today. That, there's no greater way to turn people off than giving them orders. And I was just going to add to that. I think that something that is really important whenever you're doing something with a child is that, you know, you make them part of the process. So I would recommend you know having them color on it if they can color or write in what they're supposed to or what they want to do because it can be a really collaborative process and that allows for more buy-in 
Rachel, I could not agree more. Even if the student is not uh, yet currently writing in, in letters, okay, can you draw a picture of car of a car next to the clean cars on the list? Because mm -hmm. together we sat around and generated this list together. Now we all own it. We all feel like we have to do this and then we can refer to it because remember our family plan? We said we were gonna do these things every day. As time moves on, you'll have that as something to reference. The last thing here is those tasks that we're putting up are not fake tasks, meaning um, they are truly authentic things that need to get done or that need to be done to help other people. That is way more motivating to kids uh, just in general than making them do something. Just think about how motivating it was to write that 500-word essay that you were going to go give to your teacher that's going to throw it out, right? That is, that is a fake assignment. It doesn't mean anything to, to people. You're doing it just to do it because you are a good student. So how can we um, think through the day through the lens of, well, what is really meaningful? and What could really make an impact and help others, even if the others are just the, your own family members? And then, of course, we want to talk about what's happening, right? Because I think oftentimes, uh, you know, schedules are disrupted and we don't even think like, wow, I should have a conversation about what's happening, you know, and this is a perfect opportunity to model feeling words. I put some of the ones that I thought might be relevant, sick, tired, scared, anxious, bored. Um, I think that, you know, we oftentimes forget to model these feelings words to kids. And especially these ones, I think that it's typically like, oh, you're mad or you're sad. Um, but I think that these are, this is a really great opportunity to have a genuine conversation about what's going on, why the schedule has changed, you know, and, and really validating the feelings that kids are having about this. Um, I, put some amazing uh, resources here. They're all clickable links. Uh, of course, let's talk about cleaning our devices and washing our hands, which is so important now, uh, teaching kids how to properly wash their hands for you know a certain amount of time. Um, that wash your hands is a, a, a link to a bunch of songs that you can teach to children to make sure that they're washing their hands for at least 20 seconds. I love, love, love. Uh, Brain Pop has a really amazing resource there um, specific to uh, COVID-19. And then my favorite thing is this practical AAC resource. Chris, can you pull this up for us so we can see I it? Can. I think I, I have it up right here already. If you guys haven't seen this, it's just quite amazing. Scroll, scroll down a little bit, Chris, so we can see. You can see that it's all different types of visual supports to help with washing hands. Um, what is coronavirus, social narratives, social stories? I mean, it's just like there's videos. There's so much stuff here, uh, which I just love and I think could be really useful for a variety of different cases that we're working on to help further this conversation and talk to you know, children about what's going on. Did you see the AJR video? Have you heard of AJR? It's a, it's a band. And they just put out one that they have a song called, I think it's called Bang or something like that. And they made a hand-washing video, like, like a parody video of their song. Oh, it's great. You got to Google that. <laughs> AJR. <laughs> so just to make clear for all this, the, the people that are participating here now or who are going to be watching this in the future, what this whole webinar is really about is about how communication partners can model on the AAC device. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. There's a resource there where you can listen to Jill Center and Matt Baud, two researchers slash clinicians that um, had developed a, an acronym called SMORES. Uh, that's a, a pod. That's a link to a podcast episode where where we uh, interviewed them, uh, and they talk you through this idea that the the communication partner pushes the buttons or points to the pictures 
while um, saying the words or while the words are said out loud. Um, but uh, it's really meant that the communication partner is using the tool more than the, the the person, the AAC user. This is how this is called modeling. It's called aided language stimulation. It's called aided language input. But it's the idea that that we are using the tool more than they are. Anything else to say about that, Rachel? Well, I want to talk about who can model, and that's everyone. <laughs> so we we oftentimes you know, feel nervous. I think parents sometimes feel nervous about modeling on the device, even speech language pathologists. We all need to show, and I love incorporating everyone into the mix. That's friends um, that, you know, might be over, of course, maybe not now, but um, siblings, of course, are the best models, which I think the next slide, Chris, is going to go into a little bit more detail about siblings. Uh, but, you know, we know that peers are better communication partners for kids, right? They're way more motivating to talk with peers and siblings than, you know, us adults. So incorporate siblings into the mix and, and, and they can help model language too. So it's a, it's a great activity for the whole family. It really is. And I, I don't think I've had anything to add to that. Just uh, everyone can do it uh, who's in the family. Uh, whether you're in the same room or whether you're distance participating as well. If you're gonna uh, do FaceTime with grandma, you know, they could have a, a low-tech version and they could show it, you know, uh, especially as we look to these, these video conferencing platforms, um, there's lots of opportunities there for family members to really be the ones who are doing the model. But Rachel, when you're modeling, what should you model? Let's talk a little bit about core words, which I feel like a lot of people in this, uh, this webinar probably already know, but 80% of what you or I say are core words. So they include various parts of speech, verbs, adjectives, prepositions, pronouns, and we need to consider them as a huge part of the modeling that we're doing every day with kids because we know that 80% of what they need to build sentences and to learn language is core words. And so a lot of this presentation, we're going to be going through core word ideas, core word phrases that you can be modeling throughout the day. They're very general, which is really great because it means we can use them all day long. And you'll see on slides is coming up with the different activities that we've outlined. We, we've come up with many different short phrases using core words that um, we've highlighted them on the, on the different activities so that it can maybe take some of the guesswork out of it for, for parents. Um, they can just look at what we have written there and use those words. So here's the general idea for the, for the schedule, is that um, in, a, in a typical classroom or in a school day, we might invite teachers to think about one or two core words and plan those for a week, right? And so the thought would be, all right, during my daily schedule, how many times could I introduce this core word and expose a student to it throughout the course of the day? Can I get to 100 exposures? Can I get to 200 exposures? Where, where I have modeled the use of that core word for the student. And the way we ask them to kind of plan that through is to really just outline their day. They come up with some sort of schedule, and most teachers have this schedule throughout the course of the day. You know, you see from 8 to 8.30, we do some sort of morning circle, 8.30 to 9, science, 9 to 9.30, literacy, and, and you move through your day that way. But then there's just to think through it and say, okay, well, what kind of stuff would I say during morning circle where I might say the target word? And this particular example, the word is put. And so you can see, you know, you, here's how you might model put throughout these different activities. 
And so that's the same idea that we think that uh, would work for parents and for families when they're home with their kids. So what we did is we built out a schedule for the day, and you're, what you're going to see on the next slide is a, is a template that uh, is a, a larger version of this screen. This is just kind of a zoomed-in portion to the first part of the template where we asked uh, the, the parents to think about, okay, when, what, who, and how. So what's the time of the day? What's going to be happening during that day? Who's going to be participating in this thing that's going to happen during this time? And then how? What exactly will the routine be or what will the activity be that is happening during this time? How will I say or model those Forward during these activities. Um, so you'll see here, it just has, uh, you know, this is a morning routine. So you're waking up, or you might say, wake up, get up, I am up, use the toilet, uh, and, and so forth. And then down here, you'll see the next thing is, all right, maybe when we're done with our morning routine of eating breakfast and getting dressed, the next part of our day is going to be sort of an art activity. And then these are some possible words that you could practice as you're playing with the art, in this case, Play-Doh. And I think that I, this is where if you're coaching a parent via telepractice, like this is like the meat and potatoes of what you're going to be doing, right? Figuring out the schedule with them and then you giving them the targets, right? Giving them the vocabulary that they could use. So it's like, okay, well, we're going to have art time. It's like, okay, let's brainstorm together some words that we can target, you know, some phrases that we can target based on your specific you know, child skill level and language level. And, you know, working through this with families, um, I think is going to be a lot of what we can, we can do as providers to help with telepractice, you know, because uh, unfortunately we're not going to be able to, to spend all day, right? But we can help parents plan out the day so that we can ensure there's lots of language targets happening. I really see what, Rachel, what you just said. I can really see that as an activity with, um, with a parent. We're going to open up this link. You'll see the link from the slide forces you to make a copy so it appears in your Google Drive uh, or your Google account, and then it makes this Google Doc for you. You'll see that it's listed over here um, by days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could put, to, okay, family, what's important to you right now? Let's, okay, you know, some core words that we might work on this week. Let's put them here. And then let's walk through your day. What's going to happen at eight o'clock? You know what? We really get up at six. I don't know about your family. All right, let's just change this and make it six. And then we're usually bad earlier than that. So, okay, well, you can make adjustments based on the particular needs of the family. And then you'll just see as you scroll down, that it's this, the same thing, same template every day, uh, allowing you to fill in those activities. Rachel, how are we doing with the with the chat? Anyone have any questions about this? We're we're good. We're about hitting the halfway point through this, so let's go to the schedule. <laughs> so what we've done in the next ensuing slides are some ideas of what you might do at the eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and so on time slots. Again, with the idea that you can adjust based on families' needs. So morning routine, everyone wakes up usually in the morning. When you wake up, here are some things you might model on the AEC. And it doesn't have to be as long as we have here. They're just meant to be examples. So you could just model the word up, right? But you could might, might model you are up, right? Where you model uh, on the device, you might say, you might model you, you might model up, but you might say the word are. And I think it's worth mentioning too, to uh, parents, especially listening, you don't have to model all the words. So I can say you are up, 
and only model up. So we don't have to, if we're only modeling up, we don't just say up, right? We say what we would normally say, you got up. But then we would model just the single word. And we would base that on, you know, where our child's skill level was language wise. But um, yeah, you don't have to say all the words on the device. I think sometimes uh, that's something that I coach a lot of my parents on. I'm like, no, no, we don't have to say like four words. We can just say the one word, uh, but we can just keep our speech natural and engaging. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then the next thing, I think what most people do, I know what I do. As soon as I get up, I go use the toilet. So let's talk about that. That's a routine that you do. I know certain families uh, I've worked with in the past have absolutely needed that coaching. Exactly. Like, well, he doesn't really need to go to the bathroom when he gets up. Yeah, he does. He does. She does. <laughs> so we get through the, the routine of going to the toilet. And then these are other words that can be modeled there. Again, maybe if you don't have the, if you don't have an, a high tech system, or you might have a low-tech board that's just sitting there right next to the toilet that you could use during those moments. Um, and then, then maybe after the toilet, you go wash your hands. I skipped that here. We skipped that in this particular slide, but that could be another routine that you have. And then you go to have breakfast in the kitchen, and these are all sorts of different phrases, short phrases you could model. Again, one or two words. The 9 o'clock time frame, we specifically thought about using doing going right into some sort of math activity. Now, I know that might sound weird, like, well, but isn't there, like, the earlier we said art. Again, families are going to determine what would work best for them. But one of the reasons we specifically wanted to put math earlier in the day is that there's some research from Daniel Pink, who is an author out there. He recently wrote a book called When, and he talks about how the, that um, you want to do more analytical tasks in the morning. The biology says we, we are better at analytical tasks in the morning and in the afternoon, we want to do more creative tasks. So that's why we stuck math here in the, in the morning is doing some sort of fun with numbers sort of activity. And this includes like going around the house and finding all the coins. You know, let's pull those the, the, the seat cushions up. And are there coins buried here in the couch? Oh, my gosh, I found a quarter, that kind of stuff. I, I think many families might have a coin jar. And then uh, I know when Rachel and I were brainstorming this, she's like, yeah, let's dump those suckers out and disinfect them. You know, let's talk about yeah. washing the coins. <laughs> it's a perfect uh, learning opportunity to talk about cleaning. <laughs> and then things around the house that you might want to measure. Uh, if you're going to be hanging pictures, if you're going to maybe, hey, maybe this is a perfect time we move our bedroom around. Will it fit over here? Let's measure certain things. All sorts of just fun little activities with numbers. And that is just some, some very basic, our, our coins, money, coins, and... Uh... One other one that I have is uh, pretend store, right? Like having you, like your child go around and buy things and having money and, you know, pretending either pretend money or real money um, as a way to work with numbers um, is something that I've recommended to some of my clients too. Something that also is number driven, but a lot of times is not thought of as numbers is building. So if you have blocks and Legos and uh, anything you can construct with, those are great times to count and to add and put more and use those sorts of uh, quantitative concepts that, uh, that, that you can experience. And that very hands-on manipulative for people and, and fun to build something together. Sometimes you could have some sort of model or a picture that you're working towards and you count, oh, how many more do we need? Those are great activities for kids and, and usually super engaging. And then for the digital side of that, Minecraft is a great uh, and very engaging tool for many kids where, again, you are building something 
but in a digital space. And you are often counting the blocks and saying, oh, I need one more, uh, I need to take one away. And you can do some very fun things with Minecraft where you can do spelling words. It doesn't have to be all about math. So imagine spelling out words like this, or over here it says the word make, you know. You can make uh, different things in Minecraft, like characters. Um, in this case, it's uh, you read a story about uh, Pearl Harbor. And so now let's build the USS Arizona in Minecraft. Super fun stuff. How big should it be? How many blocks do we need? All sorts of fun, engaging stuff for kids. And then, of course, if anyone's listened to the podcast, they know that one of our big things uh, is, is coding. Um, there are really fun, engaging, and and this uh, code.org has Star Wars, Minecraft, Frozen characters that take you step-by-step -step through activities where, again, you are practicing core words. So in this activity down here, you see it's, uh, uh, you've got Ray uh, from Star Wars saying that uh, BB-8, we need this scrap metal down here. Can you go over and get that scrap metal? And so the, what you have to do is drag these blocks over, and then you hit a start button, and that'll drive BB-8 to go over and get those. Perfect for core language because you can see up, down, left, right, move. They're all built right there, and it's fun. And by the way, code.org, these particular activities do not need an account. Uh, you don't have to worry about privacy. It's just all right there on the, uh, without having to create anything. Um, and then the other thing there is maybe for, si for some siblings or communication partners, Scratch is something they might already be doing in school, um, and, and actually AAC users as well. They might be already playing with Scratch. So, hey, could one of our challenges be, one of our tasks be to make things in Scratch that teach core vocabulary words? Can we, can we tell a story about go or stop or washing our hands or something like that? And then we'll put that out there for the world to then consume. Speech Blubs is an app that helps kids make sounds, then words, and then sentences with just 10 to 15 minutes of practice a day. The app has more than 1,500 fun activities for toddlers, preschoolers, and anyone with speech delays. Speech Blubs was designed by speech therapists, parents, and kids too. Video models using actual kids are a big part of its main methodology. Video modeling is an evidence-based practice supported by copious amounts of research to help kids learn language. The embedded videos in the app show kids speaking. The app then invites them to imitate the video model. Parents know that hearing their child finally say mommy, either with their voice or AAC, is a true milestone. SpeechBlubs has more than one million downloads, proving that the app could be a great starting point. The subscription starts as low as $4.99 a month for the annual plan, which is a nominal investment to improve a child's speech and language abilities. Anyone can try the app for free for seven days, but as a listener of this podcast, SpeechBlubs is providing an extended trial for an entire month. Simply go to bit.ly backslash TWT SpeechBlubs and complete the form to receive an extended trial. Also, if you're a Talking With Tech Patreon member before April 2nd, 2020, you will receive a free lifetime membership to SpeechBlubs. Go to patreon.com backslash Talking With Tech to sign up. And check out speechblubs.com for more information about using this engaging and empowering app. That's speechblubs.com. Check it out today. So let's talk about, Chris, actually someone from the chat is asking if you can put the captions back on. Because oh, when yeah. you exited, they left. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So 
we need to, to go shopping, right? Because we need food, but not all at once. Like we did this, like I did this morning. Um, but there's a perfect opportunity to talk about language. Um, you know, of course, not necessarily taking kids to the store because at this time it's not a good idea. Um, you know, only having one person, you know, go to the store for the household, I think makes more sense, but you can do online shopping. Um, you can uh, talk about the things that you want to buy. Um, I also wanted to mention before I forget, it popped into my head, Chris, as you were talking about coding, but, and, and the schedule, Involve kids in the process because you can figure out what they're interested in, right? Like if you pull up the coding website and they, you, they perk up, you know you found something that's motivating and exciting. Uh, there's tons and tons of options here and lots of ideas. And so we really need to uh, see what kids are interested in. And that way we can, you know, really find things that are motivating so that they're more interested and engaged in what we're doing. One thing I wanted to mention about this shopping in particular is this notion of um, using stuff that's going to go bad first. In the, in the event that you can't get out to the store and groceries become a little bit harder and more challenging, it might be a good idea to look at those expiration dates and say, do I eat this first or do I eat this first? And that would also tie into that sort of math or calendar activities all with the idea that you're practicing temporal concepts. And also understanding that, that um, you know, hey, this thing that's been buried in the back of the fridge, let's move it to the front of the fridge so that we can eat this first. Those are, I think, are really good practical strategies for kids. Okay, it's 10 a.m. It's time to move. <laughs> we might have been sitting for a while. So kids yoga is so fun. I do this in a lot of my sessions. Um, this video, if you click on that kids yoga, it, click, it goes to a video. There's a ton of kids yoga videos, but um, it's a great opportunity for core words. Go up, down, turn. Um, you're getting kids moving. Um, I also put Simon Says, which is a really fun way to both you know, model language, but also it's really great for following directions. Um, so you can do some receptive language building. Um, I love you know, working on commenting. So saying yikes or whoops, if um, you know, I didn't say Simon Says, it's a really great opportunity to model that kind of language. And then for a child who maybe has some mobility issues, I wanted to include something for them. I spy is a really great activity that you can use, you know, in your house, uh, just, you know, picking a category, working on phrases like I see or look, um, you can target where or on. Um, I love uh, find and for kids who are building literacy and, you know, a little bit older, you can say, you know, find something that starts with the letter P uh, or the sound B. So there's lots of different ways that you can incorporate that um, and definitely check out those links because they're uh, some really good resources. Okay, let's also talk about meal prep, right? Because we're all like, most of us are going to the grocery store and then we're having to cook a lot of meals because we can't go out to restaurants. So, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to engage children, right? And, and also, you know, it's kind of like the task that you're doing every day. Um, you can be made into language activities. So, you know, getting all the containers out that you're going to use and sorting them, right? Working on size concepts, talking about opening them and closing them uh, for bowls, of course, like putting things out of bowls, taking things out. Um, you know, same thing with packages. If you're, you know, you can always have uh, a child help to open a package uh, before you're about to cut something up. Um, of course, talking about hot and cold. Uh, I, someone actually mentioned the Toka store app. Linda mentioned this app. I love the Toka apps. I put Toka Kitchen too, because that is such a fun app to work on. 
um, you know, cutting and cooking. And there's tons and tons of core words that you can use with that app. So meal prep is a really good time to embed language opportunities. Um, before we move on, I want to mention that I think that what we're talking here with meal prep too is that you might be preparing dinner. You mean like, well, 11 o'clock meal prep. Well, because the idea is that maybe you're preparing lunch, but maybe you're actually doing some prep that's going to be happening later on because you're cooking it, you know, so it's going to take longer. And then this also means, uh, and I know some families are doing this, they're saying, well, I'm going to prepare maybe my week or my next two days. So what are we going to eat on these days? Again, integrating back into the calendar that we talked earlier. What do we eat tomorrow? You know, and yes. modeling those words and then putting them in the containers and things. So plus it's super fun. Yeah. And also thinking about those time concepts, it's so great to just have for, for, for kids to have a calendar, that visual. Um, I think that saying things like yesterday and tomorrow, they, we need to lock that and anchor that into something meaningful to a child. And we have to have that visual to really teach that concept. But that could be as simple as just printing out something, printing out a, you know, a blank calendar and filling it in. But I think that visual yeah. is really important for those temporal com concepts. And if you don't have a printer, then draw a calendar. <laughs> All right. Speaking of food, it's lunchtime, right? So lunch can be a great uh, place to practice core vocabulary or modeling in general. Uh, it's usually super motivating to eat together. Uh, and it's usually a social time when people gather around the table or wherever they in the kitchen to, to make food and to then eat it. But, but besides the food, there is the setup. So there's getting things out and then putting things away. So putting things on the table and then putting them in the dishwasher when you're done or in the sink and cleaning them. Rachel, I, did, I meant to test this, but I'm curious what the rest of the, everyone participating would be thinking about here. I believe Saran Wrap over an iPad, you can still touch the screen, right? So that if, uh, if things get dirty, it still works. Has anyone had that experience? Um, I believe it does. This is a hack that I'm real excited about if it's actually true. I didn't know about that. I use the, the like other, like not the smooth kind, the like, yeah, press and seal. I use press and seal. So I don't think that would work. But saran wrap, that's great. Also, it feels very clean and hygienic, which is a theme that I'm Perfect for, for painting too, you know, foreshadowing what's coming up. Yes. Um, but it helps you keep the devices clean and then you can just throw that out, you know. All right. So, but don't sleep on lunch. Don't think that it's a break time. It is a great time to just model a few words during the setup, during the actual eating, and then the cleanup. And it's also great, again, um, to have kids. So often, many of the speech therapists are going to know this. It's, it's a, a lot of people bang this drum of getting away from requesting and it only being requesting. This is a great time for kids to learn how to ask you questions. Do you want more, mom? You know, that sort of thing. Do you need a napkin? Do you need it? Of course, you have to model to teach them that, but then eventually back off and let them take over asking those questions. Okay, so you will not get through a podcast uh, with Rachel and I if you listen to us without us usually talking about literacy at some point. So it's now lunchtime. The food has settled into our bellies. What do we do next? We go over to the couch. We maybe climb into bed. We come someplace and we snuggle up and we're going to read together. Uh, that reading, is time where it's a nice connected opportunity to just maybe again a student not having any sort of demands placed on them they're just there enjoying the story as their parent sibling um, reads to them or reads with them and there's a specific strategy you use when you're reading called the car 
So it's not highlighted here so much on this, um, but that's why there's the car. Like what does car have to do with shared reading? But if you look at the hidden text here, it says, comment on what you see in the picture, ask a child about what you see, and respond to something the child might see or do when they're looking at the picture. And that's sort of the hidden uh, flavor that we want to parents to do or the hidden routine to become more conscious of is that when you have this kind of picture book in front of you or any of these online tools, you could look at a picture, describe it, comment about it. Ooh, I like it. Ooh, that spider's scary. Not like, you know. Um, and then ask, uh, do you like it? Every time I point to my hand, that means I'm modeling on my communication device. And then if the student like shies away, like, right, not like, you know, or it's okay, you know, something reassuring. But you see how that follows this model of comment, ask, and then respond. This link, by the way, shared reading takes you to the resources by Karen Erickson and the crew out of uh, North Carolina that just goes into more detail about, um, about the car and then there's another strategy called crowd. We didn't get into that level of detail here. Just simple comment, ask, respond. Now, we talked about shared reading, but another option for people is to do shared listening. Maybe, you know, we've blocked out an, uh, you know, an hour from one to two to do shared listening. Maybe that's too much. Maybe it doesn't take that long. Maybe it's only 15 minutes. And then you flip over and there are lots of podcasts. Well, this wouldn't necessarily be something visual. It's just auditory, but lots that have free stories. Um, the uh, Barefoot Books, Story Nori, uh, two of my favorites just to tell you about that I'm personal fans of is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Uh, those are short podcasts talking about all these probably women you haven't heard of but are awesome uh, that have made these huge impacts on the world, but you don't maybe necessarily know their names. Um, and they're in some way, there's some sort of rebel. I know my daughter and I listen to them together. My son and I listen to them together. We're in the car. And then uh, one of my all-time favorites is the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, which kind of has an undertone of uh, STEM with also a little social studies built in there. But it's these kind of old-timey radio adventures um, of this Dr. Floyd and uh, the trouble he gets into um, and how he gets out of them. So again, really super fun and engaging. And of course, the Elmo one there is all about going back, tying back to the morning, math activities. So Elmo, of course, is going to be for the younger grades and younger ages, but it's fun to hear Elmo talk about, and Sesame Street talk about money. These are characters that they already know. The other thing I've done with with listening and uh, podcasts like these is you can actually create a story as you're listening. So it could be a creative activity with, you know, paper and drawing or painting, or you could also do it digitally. And we'll talk a little bit about some tools that you guys can use. But it's really it's really dynamic and can be, um, you know, and really is great for that auditory, um, that auditory input, too, and strengthening that. Uh, a strategy I failed to mention, but it's written there in the text, it works for video as well, which is to pause it. Uh, just because you've started a story doesn't mean you have to listen to all 15 minutes of it at once, or even all five minutes for once. If something interesting happens, you can always pause it and then do that same thing. Let's comment on it. <gasps> oh, no. Stop, stop. Um, and then ask a question. <gasps> what now? What now? And then respond based on what the student's uh, reaction is. Note it too, by the way, if you don't have internet access, the public libraries often have stuff that you can CDs and things. Of course, that's, that is me going out to get them. But there are more places to get uh, audio stories than just the internet. And of course, I, I, this is uh, full disclosure here that uh, 
Nightlight Stories is my favorite of all of these. And Nightlight Stories was written by my wife and I back in the day. We wrote over 60 stories, uh, uh, recorded them, put them out for free. So we did a story podcast for many years. And um, during this extended break, we're talking about, hey, can we put out some new stories? So stay tuned to that. We'll see if those come out. All free, by the way. Not making any money off Nightlight Stories. Oh, man, I'm tired, Rachel. Me too. It's time for a nap. <laughs> it is late here. <laughs> I'm talking for a while. Yeah, everyone needs a break. The day at 2 o'clock, maybe t- between 2 or 3 o'clock, is time to go do some alone time. That might mean rest. Uh, Mom and dad need to take a nap. Kids need to take a nap. Maybe we just close our eyes and rest our eyes. But it is totally okay. Everyone has permission to not try and model 24-7. I mean, the more modeling you can do, the better. But it's okay to just go here in your own, in your own corners, in your own rooms, in your own parts of the, the house, and get away from each other and take a break. I have to also say that um, some of our students, they like to stim. That's what a lot of people say. Oh, he's just stimming on the device. He's hitting all the buttons all the time. You know, this is a great opportunity to just like let a child sit in, you know, his bed or wherever and just play on the device, right? Like listen, hit the buttons, listen to the words. Children need these times to explore their devices and explore the words and touching the button and hearing the word. Um, And so this is a really great time to just like not have any type of, you know, restrictions around it and just say like, it's your time. It's your time to, to do what you want. All right, it's time to get creative. After we've, we've taken a little rest, now we can do something creative. It's the afternoon. We know that we're more creative in the afternoon. And so we can make something. And that is super fun for kids. Um, there's lots of lots of activities. I put here um, some of my favorite resources. Hands On As We Grow has some amazing, amazing it, it shocks me, actually, the things that they, th- they think of. Um, there's tons of sensory activity. Sensory Play for Kids is another great resource. You know, these all have Facebook pages where you can, you know, like their page and you'll see the new activities that they're posting. Oftentimes it's things that you typically have in your pantry, in your house that you can just, you know, pull out and start doing. And um, I love using Pinterest for this, especially because, you know, Pinterest is a very visual medium and you're able to see all the the different things. And what a great opportunity to say, what should we make today? You know, it's, it's art time. You know, what should we make? We could make the butterfly, we could make the slime. And so I think it's really good to, of course, involve the child in that process because, you know, we need, want to do something that they're excited about. I know it's a little hard to see in that picture, but right down here at the bottom is a little tinfoil man <laughs> made by uh, whoever this kid is. I don't know who she might be. Hidden <laughs> 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 behind this mask. <laughs> Love it. So another thing that is uh, fun and creative to do is to actually make comic strips. I think this is one of the most widely underutilized tools is to make comic. Again, kids can draw these on their own. Many students, uh, again, with, with the risk of overgeneralizing students with autism are sometimes very artistic and make characters. Um, and so this is a, a time to lean into those skills. You can do that low-tech wise with crayons and pencil and paper. But you can also do it in a high-tech way with different apps and web-based tools. Two of my favorites are Toondo and Storyboard That. You can tell that Rachel and I are both fans of comics and how we use our bitmojis to, to illustrate, you know, who's going to talk on which slide and, and to make them a little bit more fun. But there's lots of different ways you can use comics to get kids, again, because it's so visual, 
They can be talking about um, the scene, talking about the characters they're creating, talking about the positions that they're putting the characters in, talking about the environments that they're in. And when I say the kids are talking about them, of course, what I really mean is that we're modeling talking about them. One of those, uh, so there's making the, the whole comic strip, right? But then there's also just generating a character. I don't know if you knew this, Rachel. I don't know if you saw this slide ahead of time, but I went in and I made you a peanut. Uh, that's you, Rachel, in peanut oh, form. Oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's you. I'm kind of um, cute. In uh, Peanutize Me, which uh, again, most of these you don't need to create an account. So we know we don't have to worry about privacy or COPA regulations or any of that kind of stuff. It's just go on there, no account necessarily, and create some sort of character. I'm a big fan of Hero Forge. That's where this one is made. And it, you create this kind of 3D character. But again, such fun ways to incorporate language because you're usually building someone's face or body or clothes that you're putting on and, and taking off. And uh, it needs to be longer or shorter or look at colors, you know? And then you have some sort of product at the end that you can then share later on in the day. So let's talk a little bit about video. We're, we, only have, we have a little less than 10 minutes left, so we're going to talk quickly. Here are a ton of really great ways to engage students. I love, love, love doing Puppet Master is one of my favorites. Um, you can make a puppet show. You can put a kid, kid's face in, make a puppet. Um, Powtoons is really great. Um, let's go on to the next one, Chris. Let's see you know, utilizing video. This is especially important now, you know, video chats. You can do peekaboo with a family member. Um, you can do a puppet show over FaceTime. Um, there's lots and lots of different ways that you can utilize videos. We know the power of video modeling for kids, um, just video recording them doing things throughout the day and then talking about what they did, you know, giving them the video recorder and having them take videos um, can all really be engaging. Just to, to make you aware, if you're going to be watching videos, and let's, I, I am giving everyone permission to watch videos right now. I, there'll be, a, especially as these weeks go on, people will be feeling guilty about the amount of screen time that, they, that, that kids are having. So if there's going to be that increase in screen time, let's make those videos something that's worth watching. One thing that, to mention is that these videos are, were made by a teacher and speech therapist talking about core vocabulary. So it's just videos that you could use to illustrate the words that you've been practicing all day or all week long. And then if you're going to watch the videos, turn the captions on. It's a great way to promote the literacy. Uh, thank you for whoever did the reminder for me to turn the captions on down below here. Uh, turn the captions on your videos on your iPad. There's an auto captioning feature where, I mean, uh, if there's videos embedded, the iPad will automatically turn it on so you don't have to turn it on each time. And you're constantly then seeing the sounds of the words being meshed with the, what the words actually look like. Uh, so great uh, literacy skills there. And if you're not even using an iPad, if you're not using those, most people do have televisions. Just use this little part of your body, turn the captions on, and let just all, let's all watch captions, watch our TV shows with captions on. So let's talk a little bit about animated shorts. Just briefly, animated shorts are video cartoons that don't have words. So they're really great to model language. I love, love, love using Edpuzzle as a tool to collect these and you can share them with families. Also can talk about augmented reality, which is the next slide. I love some of these really fun apps. You can see the merge cube. You can see Chris turning into, is that Superman? Who is that? What are you turning into over there? 
I can't tell you. That's my secret identity. It's revealed. <laughs> and then I, I just, I'm just seeing this for the first time. The next slide, the merge cube is a cube that you could buy. You can, I think you can buy it on Amazon. That is Chris's amazing wife, Melissa. And look, she's holding a, she's holding the, the, the sun. It looks like in her hand. Something about the merge cube real quick, Rachel, because you said you can buy it, but also we have a link here to print your own. So mm -hmm. you can actually, if you do have a printer, this is one of those fun creative art activities. Print it out, let's cut it up, let's tape it together, and now you can make a paper-based cube that, again, when you hover the app over, it turns it into whatever it, it happens to be. Let's talk about sharing because we just made things, right? So now let's share them. This is a perfect opportunity for social communication. So, of course, like, you know, kids get really proud about their creations no matter what they are. And, you know, asking a child who they'd like to share it with. Um, and this could be, you know, send a text message to grandma. This could be writing an email if you're working on writing and literacy, um, sharing on social media, um, using words like, look, I did it, make it. Um, there's a ne the next slide has a lot of other really great ideas as far as sharing with others. Uh, the next two slides, actually. Um, I love, love, love my story, which is on this slide. Um, you can see that there's a picture of me there with some, you know, we made some dialogue. So you can really use that app with a lot of different language levels, which is really great. You can make social stories on there. Just really, really important to share your work, right? Because it's, a, it's an opportunity to communicate socially and it makes children feel proud of the work that they did. Two practical strategies. One, this is why these are listed here, is that, hey, we're going to help others, right? So, so people need to know what the tool, what we're making. You made this great comic strip. You made this great character. Let's share that with the world. That's one. And then two is, on the sly, text your family members that you're going to be FaceTiming with later in the day, that you're going to be chatting with using these video tools. Say, hey, Grandma, can you challenge him to... Uh, write like three sentences today or can you challenge him to send you a picture of the stuff he's made because then we can say the whole next day remember grandma wants to see grandma wants to see grandma wants to see so that you can show it later on i have so many ideas that i just want to spew off but we don't have time chris there's no time <laughs> we gotta go make our leprechaun trap <laughs> all right so we have of course, predictable chart writing, which is really important for literacy. You can see those links. Chris, I think we just need to go start going through some of the slides because we don't have a lot of time. It's dinner time. We kind of already went over dinner time. Pack up the leftovers, of course. You know, tons of language there. Let's keep going through our day so we can get to the end. Those end slides are my favorite. Chores are a great way to engage kids with language if you make them special helpers, right? So you can do tons of different things. I use the example for laundry because we all need to be washing things more frequently now. Um, so there's lots of different language, you know, opportunities there. Same thing with cleaning. Of course, you guys, that's the theme of this, this webinar is that I'm, I want everyone to be clean. <laughs> Everything and everyone. I can't illustrate enough and I cannot say it enough. This is a great opportunity to ask kids what chores need to get done. Not again, tell them what to do. Okay, seven. It's game time, right? So you can do a traditional board game. There's tons and tons of board games. I'm sure everyone has these at their house. They're so great for, you know, turn-taking, you know, using prep, uh, pronouns, which is really great. I love this from Gail Van Tatenhove, Playing Game Resources, has some really great ideas. Uh, of course, you can pay, play digital games on apps. Um, this is the time to really have fun with the family. I have here a link, Best Apps for Communication. You can see it on the right. Those are my absolute favorite 
apps that I use. It's like a two-page downloadable PDF where you can click the link and it goes right to the you know, Apple store. So um, definitely check those out um, because those are the ones that I use the most in my practice. Um, when we're thinking about apps, we want to make sure that adults are in charge of the device. So if we're trying to get communication, we really, we, we really lose if we just put the device in front of a child and they start you know, hitting all the buttons. They're, they're not interested in communicating with us. But if we hold the iPad and they direct our actions, we have so many language opportunities you know, to have them use core words and to help direct the actions of a, us on the screen. Um, of course, using, these are just some of the strategies that I use, um, you know, muting, we, we already talked about pausing, rewinding, watching things multiple times. Uh, sometimes I'll give the phrase, use your words, not your hands, because kids, of course, want to touch the screen. Sometimes I'll have kids sit on their hands if they have a hard time with impulse regulation. But there's a lot of really great things that you can do with apps that help support communication. So these are some non-app-based games that are just fun to play, and they're usually maybe laying around your house. And even if you don't have any games, I mean, you don't have a single board game, you don't have an app to play, you can always make your own games. This is just a simple file folder with uh, circles drawn around quarters to make, and then you roll a dice or uh, spin a spinner, which you can also make, and now you're, now you're playing a game, right? Uh, so lots of activity for games. I'm going to skip these, uh, this and get to bath time, bedtime. Okay, so this is something, whenever I'm thinking about uh, language opportunities and when I'm working with families, we need to pick routines that happen every single day right? Because we know if they happen every day and we can integrate language into those already existing routines, that we're more likely to have favorable outcomes, right? Than something that's random that we only did once that week. So if we can integrate into regular uh, existing routines, then we have more opportunities for success. So, you know, the first thing I ask parents when I'm trying to do coaching with them, I say, what's something that happens every single day that you feel like you could use the device in this opportunity? Um, you know, it's different for every family because, you know, they have different routines and different things happen. They have different stress levels, depending if it's the morning or at night. Um, and so it's just important to use things like bath time, bedtime, meal time, getting dressed, all those things to start integrating language opportunities. And then the last couple of slides um, are from actual presentations that have been done over the years where we've asked different participants to say, what are some of your favorite activities? So there are four slides here. Not everything is linked, so you might have to go in and actually Google it yourself, but it's just different ideas that people have on how to implement language all day long. The last thing I want to say is there's so much here, so don't feel like you need to do all the things, right? Like, because I think when we say, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, like, to click all these links, like, you're not going to click all these links because it's very, there's a lot of links. So pick, you know, pick one or two and just build from there, right? Pick the ones that really intrigued you. Um, and same thing with the families that you work with. We need something that's easy to do. And, and we feel like we're having success if we pick something that's achievable. So, um, you know, don't feel like you need to do all the things. Uh, there's so much here. So definitely a resource that you can, you, uh, can refer back to. And of course, you can share this. We, the whole reason we made this was for, to help support clinicians, but also to help support parents, because especially during this time, you know, parents are like, I don't know what to do. And especially for a lot of the students we work with, they thrive on routine and structure. And you know, helping coach parents through that, I think, could be you know, really helpful. So sharing this course through that bit.ly link would be really great. And also, if you guys have any questions, now's the time. Now's the time to ask. I see a Q&A. Rachel, where can we get the handout you made with your favorite app? Go to that link. You can, there's a link on this screen. 
You also can go to rachelmedo.com backslash app list. I think it's app list. But if you go back to that, best apps for communication is a clickable link. And that will take you to my website. Can you show the QR code again? So if you go to that bit.ly link, it will, it, that's our presentation. So that is the, any other questions? Yeah, Sarah says, I think someone in the chat has been trying to ask a question. Yes, I did see that. Gina, I saw your question. I'm sorry. We were like frantically trying to get through everything. Is there something baseline you tell parents to encourage them to keep modeling, even when they say that their child isn't paying attention to the AAC, either high tech or low tech? I know parents need that reinforcement. And when there's not interest yet from the child, some will stop modeling. Oh, this is hard. This happens a lot, right? Because when we're used to to talking and you know hearing a response or modeling and seeing something happen but babies don't do that so i think that's the biggest one right is that babies you know we talk to them way before they're able to talk back um, i also have so many kids that i've worked with who hardly ever look right they're doing all types of other things and it appears as if they're not paying attention but they absolutely are um, and so i think that it's just you know impressing upon the importance of what's going on over there chris Oh, I was just listening, but I was also texting and I was looking around, right? Yeah. Because, oh. but I was hearing everything you said, Rachel, but I wasn't making eye contact with you. That's and true. I was just trying to illustrate the point that just because a kid doesn't appear to be paying attention doesn't mean that they are not paying attention. You don't know that they're not actually taking in what you're showing. So I, I, I mean, just reinforcing everything you just said, because I feel like we place that on kids like, well, they're not even paying attention. Well, you don't know that, you know, the corner of their eye, they're listening, they're there with you. Uh, it's about joint engagement, not necessarily joint attention. Yes. Even if they weren't paying attention, I still need to be doing my part to teach language. So like I've said that to parents too, because sometimes they just like, you know, they, they're like, it just feels like it's not working. No, it doesn't work overnight, but it does work over time. And so if we as communication partners can get into the habit and routine of modeling everything we're saying on a device, that ensures that children will eventually learn that language. If we don't do that, it won't happen. That's for it makes sure. It, easier, it makes it easier for you. The more you practice, the better modeler you become. So even if you don't think they're paying attention, they're not getting it, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Absolutely. Um, any other questions, you guys? I would love if anybody has any ideas or resources to share. Like this is a really great time to just pop it in the chat. Things that you're like, oh my gosh, I, I love this. I just found this. I think it's a really amazing time to see our field come together and share all these resources. So many companies are giving away things for free or at low cost um, to help support, you know, kids continuing to maintain their education. Um, so I think it's it's really cool to see everything that everyone shared. Um, it just really makes me so happy. Someone just asked, Rachel, are you planning to move your caseload to teletherapy? If so, what platform do you recommend? Yes. So I, I've already been doing some telepractice because you guys driving in LA is not fun. So um, I do a lot of telepractice already. I use Zoom, but there's a lot of platforms out there. I actually just uh, met with one of my good colleagues via video today, and she was showing me Blink which I think was developed by speech language pathologists. And that has a ton of embedded resources. You know, Zoom is free. So it's something that you can start right away and um, you get 45 minute, a 45 minute call for free. And so it's just really easy because I, that's what Chris and I use for the podcast. But um, you know, there are a lot, a lot of options out there that I even need to explore for myself. 
but Zoom, Zoom works because I can share a screen. I can connect my iPad to my computer so that I'm able to share the device. So if I'm trying to troubleshoot through, um, you know, oh, like, you know, the grammar, you know, keeps getting funky or wonky. I'm able to troubleshoot and show what I do on the device through my computer um, just as long as I'm able to share my screen. Our podcasts are once a week. Yeah, we, we've had this podcast for two years now, and we have how many episodes, Chris? Over 100? Well, yeah, well over 100. Yeah. And just so people know, if they're not aware, if this is the first time you're really seeing Rachel and I, Rachel and I have only met once face-to-face, and it was after we've been doing the podcast for how many, what, a year and a half, almost two years? Uh, just yeah. about two years is when... So. We are models for how to, I think, you know, like I know yeah. I can have a relationship with somebody, uh, a professional one, a friendship one, uh, all this way, because we only met once for dinner, you know? <laughs> Which seems crazy, because like he's such a close friend of mine at this point, and it was like the whole time we just kept like, it was almost surreal, because we were like, how is this like, how is this, how have we like maintained such a great friendship without, you know, having met? So it was really fun. So you can too. Awesome, Lauren. That's so good. If you have questions, feel free to reach out. That is such a good thing. Also, I want to mention, Sharon, Zoom has HIPAA compliance on a subscription. Really important. Yes, that is very important. Okay. Anything else, you guys? Thank you so much for joining us. It was such a wonderful thing come together. And I have to say, like, the buzz about this was really great on social media. Everyone was tagging me and posting things. And, you know, we really love your support. And um, we would love for you guys to share the podcast just to get the word out about AAC. And, you know, it's something that Chris and I obviously are very passionate about. And more people need to feel comfortable with it so that more kids are getting access to communication partners who, you know, know how to model and how to support language development through a device. All right, everybody, go capture your leprechauns if, that's in, if, that, if you're going to do that, you know. I'm definitely going to do it now. <laughs> Chris, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mailing. Awesome. Good night, everybody. Hi, I'm Mailing Chan. And I'm Martin Sibley. And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. You're listening to the Exceptional Podcast Network.